Coming up on this week's podcast, we take a look at some of the FA Cup games and the fifth round draw. Pete is back with another teaser. I have more Wonders of White and we take a look to see if Liam can make it three in a row on predictions. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is with me as well. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How are you? All right, thanks, Liam. Uh, good weekend? Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, well, it was quite didn't... a fight one for me, really, no football. <laughs> yeah, it's good for you. And obviously, you, uh, uh, Villa are playing tonight, aren't they, in the Carabao Cup semi-final. So, big game against Leicester. Yeah, um, indeed. Still one... One nil at the moment, um, so, nearing half time. So I'm sure there will be updates throughout. So going through to a potentially to to a final. So yeah, um, and then that would be five in five years for them. People said we were struggling. So there you go. Look, what do they know, eh? <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, yeah, we've got lots to uh, to get through. A lot of FA Cup theme stuff this week on the podcast. Um, but we are going to start with uh, Pete's teaser, which we did get right last week. And uh, so let's see what you got this week, Pete. Which player played 348 games for Liverpool from 2001 to 2008, scoring 30 goals? He later played over 100 games for Fulham. Okay, good teaser there, Pete. Um, a couple of names already coming into my head. Um, I think it's just the Fulham bit that's thrown me a little bit. The 100 games, that seems like quite a substantial amount of games to play. Yeah, mm. yeah, tricky on that. It will depend on how uh, old he was when he actually joined Liverpool, because you think <sighs> he had seven, good, seven years. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a long time. I'm thinking defender as well because only 30 goals, so we'll uh, yeah. we'll uh, we'll have a think about that later anyway. Um, but we will we will go into um, the FA Cup from the weekend. So we selected a few of the games uh, that we thought would be good to talk about. Um, the first one uh, is the West Ham West Brom game, um, which going into it, I think it could have been either team that could have won this, but. Um, obviously it was West Brom that just nicked this one um, but I have to say West Ham were, were really poor at going forward and didn't really create many chances at all Yeah, they didn't create much at all it's kind of like the their Premier League form went over to the Cup um, it was a bit of a before the game you think it could go either way it's one of those games where I think the bottom of the champ, uh, the bottom of the premiership and the top of the championship now the gap between the two leagues is very small and with West Brom doing so well at the moment I, I actually did fancy them to at least get a draw yeah West Ham going forward I mean they spent big money on strikers in the summer and haven't got much to show for it Really, I don't think. I mean, I don't know about you, Chris. I know that you liked Haller to begin with. Yeah, he's it was, he's not he's not a twenty goal a year man, is he's, he? He seems to be struggling because they signed him from Frankfurt. Is it Frankfurt they signed him from? I think it was in Germany. Yeah. So um, yeah, because I think he played. He was playing for Frankfurt because I vaguely remember him playing against Chelsea last um, last season. 
Um, and that was where Jovic was as well. And uh, he seems to be struggling as well at Real Madrid. So it seems like they are missing each other because they used to play up front together. And I think both West Ham and Real Madrid don't play with a second striker. They just play with that one up front. So it might be where he's just so used to having someone up there with him. It's just, it's just you know, not working out for him. But uh, a great goal from Connor Townsend. Uh, for West Brom as well, I have to say it was a really nice hit that one. Um, yeah. But I just, it, it, just the game, it was just West Brom constantly attacking, and then you think to yourself after half time, you know, are West Ham going to come out and fight for for, for a bit more? They, you know, they did have a few more chances second half, but they they really did struggle to create, and I think um, Moyes would be quite disappointed in how they actually played overall. Yeah, and he did try and change it up at half-time. I think he made three changes. Um, it did make a difference in the second half. They they looked a, a little bit more threatening. Um, I think you're right with Alaire. I think he's used to playing with a little guy. It's, it's sort of an, an old-fashioned big man, little man up front um, that works well for him. And, and West Ham, although I think Lanzini played, they do struggle to get midfielders around the striker up front and I think they're they're not winning a lot of second balls and they're not looking too pacey up front I think these days so they're not getting in behind anyone it's very much uh, uh, a lump up to the big man and, and see what we can do but they, they should really be more about that with players like Snodgrass in the team you think the delivery up front is going to be a, a, a little bit higher quality than it was but um for Bilic, I mean, it's a one over his old team. I think West Brom actually played really well. It could have been more. I, I think they did, it wouldn't have flattered them to have come away with a 2 or 3 nil win. Uh, they missed quite a few chances. Um, and it looks like they're going to get promoted this year. I, I know yeah. that they hasn't been too good. But looking at that side that played West Ham so comfortably, you, you've got to think that is a Premier League quality side, don't you? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think I think they are already set up. They haven't they haven't lost too many players, have they? Um, since they were relegated, and obviously they got um, Charlie Austin, which you know <laughs> he is yeah. a Premier League striker. So to have yeah. him on board, I think I think they've done they've done really well. And like you said, I, I think that they'll get they'll come back up. And you know, as a, I don't think they really need to change too much if they do come back up. But well. Um, We'll have to wait and see, but we'll uh, we'll move on to the whole Chelsea game. Um, it's, it's really hard this one because first half I thought that Chelsea played really really well, but it was as soon as we let in the goal, we looked really really nervous at the back. Uh, it almost like knocked the confidence out of us a bit. Um, I know that we did make changes before, you know, before the game. We had Tamori uh, and Batshuayi came in. Um, so he changed sort of the back four a little bit. Um, but I thought Kovacic had a really good game. I think he was probably the highlight for Chelsea. Um, it's a game we should have easily won in the first half. I think we could have been 4 or 5 nil up. Um, but, you know, Hull were a lot brighter second half. Had so many, they did have quite a few chances. And, you know, Jarrod Bowen, oh, he, uh, he was causing all sorts of problems for us. Um He's an exciting prospect. I think yeah. Premier League teams I know that are interested in him, but it's I think it's a matter of time. Oh you know? yeah, well, he definitely didn't do himself any any harm in in you know 
in Premier League teams coming after him because I thought he was Hull's best player by far. Um, and I thought, you know, if a, if a Premier League team was scouting him in that game, I think they'd probably be putting in an offer in before uh, before the, the close on Friday. Were you, were you surprised with the team that Chelsea picked? Obviously, Abraham was a sort of, was an enforced change and, and Batshuayi came in. But, you know, there are a few players that have been around the fringes of the squad this year that were getting a game. Do you think that Lampard maybe could have put, I know you've won and it doesn't really matter, but I yeah. think... You know, it's a good chance for Chelsea to get a trophy this year when the league is so far out of your reach and well, out of everyone's reach. Um, do you think he should have put out a full strength side, or is there um, more? I don't know. I think he wanted to rest. I think I think the main aim was to rest a few players, but there were still players in there that have played all season for us. Um, I know Caballero played in goal. I actually thought he had a good game, Caballero, especially some of the saves he made at the end. But. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't completely surprised. He brought Gilmore on as well uh, towards the end of the game, but you know, he, we were already a bit under the under the cosh of it by then, so he didn't really get too much time to show what he can actually do. Um, but yeah, I think I was just glad when the final whistle went and we were through. To be honest, <laughs> um, but a couple of positives I think they'll take from it, but. They've got a huge, huge game coming up this weekend against Leicester away. Um, which, you know, if we lose if we lose the chase and pack are gonna are gonna get us and we'll be I think too far behind Leicester to catch them now. You know, if we beat them I think we'll be in with a point behind a point behind them. So uh, and then after that we've got um Tottenham as well. So yeah. <laughs> and Man United, so yeah. it's not the, the, the run of fixtures aren't in our favour at the moment. Um, Transfer-wise, yeah, a lot's been said over the last couple of days. Will they, won't they? I said last week, I think if they were if they were going to bring anyone, I think they would have done it by now. Um, and I don't really see them being linked to too much other than Cavani at the moment, but I don't really know if they see him as a long-term option or, or what, really. But it's been... It's just been one of those things, really, with the transfer window. You know, we've got our appeal overturned and it just seems like a shame not to actually buy anyone to go to all that trouble and then not actually buy anyone. It just seems a bit silly, really. Uh, I did hear um, Chelsea joining the race for a certain Jack Grealish um, the other day. <laughs> I think that was in uh, the Birmingham Mail or something uh, do you, I mean, I don't know whether you're at the front of the queue, but would you be happy with him at Chelsea? I think he'd be a good addition to the squad, but I think midfield is where we're actually we're actually okay in midfield. I think we've got enough players there with Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante, Barkley, Loftus-Cheek when he comes back, Mount. You know, we've it's just this way you put him. I think for Grealish. Yeah, there's quite a lot of depth where. I think in in other positions at the moment, probably in defence. Really, if, if they were if they were to say Grealish for Barkley in a swap deal, I'd probably say yes. <laughs> whether Villa would be up for that, we'll <laughs> see. But yeah, but yeah, not. I was happy with the win, and hopefully, like you said, we can go on and have a decent cup run now. But um, one team that won't unfortunately be having a decent cup run is Tranmere. Um, Obviously, since the last podcast, they actually beat Watford in, in their replay as well. Um, but 
fortunately they went down to Manchester United on Sunday um, and it wasn't just by the odd goal unfortunately for them it, it did end up 6-0 um, <laughs> uh, Maguire his opening goal hit that pretty well didn't he oh great hit for a centre half and Maguire, Jones and Lingard scoring in the same game is a rare collector's item really isn't it Oh, Link, just Lingard on his own just, getting a goal yeah. is, is uh, more than a, I did text a certain someone that we work with uh, to say don't get too excited it is only a league one side uh, <laughs> to, uh, and I got a text back to say I, I knew that was coming uh, so yeah so um, I just think you know 6-0 I I sit, I've read comments on Twitter to say this is going to be the turning point for them, but I just, I personally, I just don't see it myself. I, I know you've just come off the back of a 6-0 win, but it, they are a League One side who had just played 120 minutes against a, another Premier League side literally three days before, so um, I wouldn't look too much into this result, I think, if you're a Man United fan. Not to say they didn't play well. I thought they created an, a, a lot of chances and obviously five up at half-time. Just took the foot off the gas a bit second half. Yeah, um, it's the kind of tie that I think since Ferguson has left, Man United have struggled in. I remember them going to MK Dons. I want to say that was the League Cup or the FA Cup when they were down in League One and being absolutely played off the park. And, um, yeah, he took it seriously. I mean, Solskjaer likes the FA Cup, so he, he picked a fairly strong side, although he did, you know, he rotated a few through um, necessity, obviously Rashford being out and people like that. But, they, they like you say, they did create a lot. You can, only, you can only play what's put in front of you at the end of the day. Um, maybe a turning point is a bit of a strong uh, way of putting it, but... You've got to win these games, and if it gives people like Lingard, who hasn't scored for a year or more, if it gives them a little bit of confidence going forward, it might make a difference going over the next few weeks. I don't know. Personally, I think a lot of the players in the dressing room will, will sit there and think, well, it's just leave one Tranmere. Um, but yeah, it was a good win, to be fair, for them. Um, to be 5-0 up at half-time, you, you've got to say it probably could have been more. Tranmere did look tired. Um, and probably rightly so. Uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a harsh fixture list for them. I thought they might have delayed the game a little bit and maybe had it at some point during this week, considering the uh, the replay was only yeah, played. or even even Monday night. I think they could have could have yeah. helped them. And, and especially with the complaints about the pitch as well beforehand, you think they'd maybe give the groundsman an extra couple of days uh, to get it sorted. But I guess uh, TV. Um, TV companies are paid to have it on a certain day, so they have to. But um, yeah, the other the other one I wanted to mention was Greenwood getting his goal in the second half. He's um, is he the man to replace Rashford? Do you think he scored in every competition so far this season? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, he, he is still he is still quite young. Um, I just don't think I've seen enough of him really to say. Is he the man to replace Rashford? Um, he seems a very striker, I think. He's, yeah. he's, uh, Rashford has a bit of pace and will run at people, whereas I think Greenwood's more a 
18 yard box type striker, yeah, don't you think? To be, to be fair, they don't really have any other option at the moment either with Rashford being out. I think, you know, um, but it's good that he's getting a lot of game time. Um, but like you said, yeah, I think he's he'll be more of your sort of poaching sort of striker, I think, rather than the, the pace. Yeah, I think he's got a bit of pace, but probably not as much as Rashford. But, you know, they might complement each other if they were to play two up front. You, you never know. Um, I wish teams would give it a go a little bit more often. <laughs> they just don't much. like it, do they? <laughs> well, you, you've got to look at, um, like, take Chelsea, and with Abraham now starting, that was through an enforced transfer ban. If that If that hadn't have happened, I don't think he probably wouldn't have got a game and you've missed out on a, on a good striker. He's yeah. got quite lucky Chelsea by being given that platform. But I think if, if a young striker is coming through your club, they've got to get game time. And if you're playing one striker up front, it, I don't think it does them any good at all, really. And I think it's only good for England that he's, he's starting to play, you know, Premier League and, and Champions League games at this age. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, Hopefully he gets picked in the summer, Abraham, but we'll have to wait and see what, what Southgate's thinking is there. Hopefully with, with Kane being out, um, he'll, he'll get a chance, Abraham, but we'll uh, wait and see. So they've got a few friendlies coming out, haven't they? So I'm sure he'll be probably sure. using some players that he hasn't used before, like probably like Danny Ings, I think will we'll get a call up and be used at some point. Yeah, I think rightly so. We'll have to, to wait and see, but we'll uh, we'll move on to the Shrewsbury Liverpool game. Um, didn't really see this one coming. <laughs> no, what a uh, game! Yeah, this is this is your proper FA. This out of all the games this weekend, this is your proper FA Cup sort of tie. When it two 0 down, chasing the game, League One side and. Uh, Ending up getting a, a two-all draw, which is obviously a fantastic result for them. And then for them to hear that, obviously, Klopp has already said that he is going to put out the youth side against them in the replay. It's a lot of incentives there, I think, for Shrewsbury. And and I have to, I think you have to say they the second half they were awesome. They were absolutely brilliant and fully deserved. To come out of it with a draw, it was a great game to watch. To be fair, um, it was. I was criticising the TV selections uh, when they first came out because I just I naively thought that Bristol City were going to get through, and it was just going to be a Championship versus Premiership side. So for Shrewsbury yeah. to even get there was amazing. And then to take Liverpool, and you know you can say they made changes, which they did. Um, they bought Firmino and Salah off the bench towards the end. It didn't really make too much of a difference. But having said that, you know, it wasn't the youth team that Liverpool played against Villa. I would actually say it was probably a little bit more experienced, perhaps, than the team they put out against Everton. Um, maybe close. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, Curtis Jones is very young. I think they had the two fullbacks were quite young. But, you know, Matic was playing. Oxlade Chamberlain, I think, came on, perhaps. But he was definitely there. Um Arigi was up front, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a youth team in the sense of they were all under eighteen players, and no. it just seemed like Shrewsbury wanted it more, especially in the second half. Although hilarious own goal, 
to make yeah. two nil. You have to feel sorry for it, but I don't know what yeah. he was thinking of doing. And if it was, you know, if it wasn't for that, Shrewsbury would have probably been through. To be fair, they, uh, you know, they 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 showed a lot of heart and commitment, and and it was more than what Liverpool was showing, and I think that's what got them the goals in the in the second half. Um, I don't think Klopp was particularly happy um, that it's gone to a replay. Um, he didn't look that happy at the end of the game, if I'm honest. Well, the, um, but it's brought up the whole situation. Yeah. I think the I think the replay is happening in the uh, winter break or the supposed winter. Was there? Yeah. So the the winter break is split up, isn't it? For so half of the teams play one week and then get a week off. And then the other half teams have their week off first and then play on the second week. Right. And the FA Cup replay is on the week that Liverpool are scheduled to have a, a week off. Um, and that's the reason why he's he's obviously come out and said that they can... Uh, uh, obviously, they won't be putting out their first team because they'll be on a break. So, Personally, I think he's only got himself to blame really, for, for putting out a team like that. Yeah, if he, if he doesn't want... Yes, but if, yeah. if you want to avoid a replay, don't go to a yeah. for it and, and, and play a, a second-string team. Yeah. You, you know, at least play one of Mane, Firmino, or Salah. I, I, don't, I, I don't get the logic because you've just added an extra game to your season. Like, it was always going to be a risk when he, when he played that side. Well, he's so, he's um, learned a valuable lesson <laughs> Yeah, he never seems to take the FA Cup seriously. I think they said in commentary that he'd been knocked out at uh, the fourth round every year that he's been in it, which I think is quite a surprising, um, a surprising stat really for someone who's, who's won as much as he has. But great for Shrewsbury, absolutely brilliant for them. Don't care what Pierce Morgan says on Twitter. The magic of the cup is still very much alive in Shrewsbury, yeah. and uh, I was pleased for Jason Cummins as well because he's he's bounced around a few. Uh, football league sides, and you know sometimes it's worked for him, sometimes it hasn't. But he he's, came um, quite a lot of potential from Rangers when he. Uh, sorry, Hibbs when he came yeah, from Scotland. Well, he's he's tweeted today or yesterday saying that he, uh, if any Premier League teams are looking to sign him, he is up for it. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much, I don't know how happy Shrewsbury will be that, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah well he's. Confidence, but he took his goals very well. I know yeah, one did, was yeah. a penalty, but the second one was a good finish, and he, he caused some problems when he came on. Definitely, but uh, so that will go to a replay. Um, there were obviously other games this weekend, um, and these are the ones that are good. So, Northampton and Derby ended 0 0, Coventry Birmingham was 0 0, Newcastle Oxford was 0 0. Reading Cardiff 1 0, uh, Saints and Tottenham was 1 0. So all those games will go to a replay. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday beat QPR 2 1. Uh, Norwich beat Burnley 2 1. Sheffield United beat Millwall 2 0. And last night, uh, Arsenal beat Bournemouth. Um, just quickly on the Bournemouth situation. Out of the FA Cup now, uh, Arsenal did put out a particularly strong side. Um, what is going to happen to Eddie Howe, do you think? Do you think he will leave before he's sacked or sacked before he can leave? Um, I think the club owe him enough to let him decide when he leaves. Uh, and I think they're well run enough 
to let that happen. So I I think that if if the going really gets tough, I think Howe will decide to maybe leave rather than the board sack him. Yeah. And I think he's he's basically made himself an unsackable manager. Personally, I, I don't think they have any right to from no. taking him to League Two all the way to the Premier League. So yeah, I the, think he's gonna go. He's gonna go on his own accord. I think. I think by the end of next month, I think it will be very clear whether he, if he is still there, or if he is actually going to go. Um, I think there's, you know, I think they've got a few games in there against some of the teams below them as well in February. So yeah, they've got to play. They've definitely got to play Villa at some point. So yeah, so it's um, going to be good to see. Um, just a quick update on the draw from last night. Um, Manchester City getting Sheffield Wednesday, which is quite a nice tie for Sheffield Wednesday, especially being home. Um, Sheffield United will play Reading or Cardiff. So Chelsea will play the winner of Shrewsbury or Liverpool. So there's no guessing there, Liam, which team I'll be cheering for in the replay between Shrewsbury and Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. If if Klopp continues this way, you might put out an under-18 team yeah. if they get so. Uh, but yeah, I think I think everyone apart from Liverpool will be rooting for in that one. Yeah, so West Brom got a nice home draw. They'll play Newcastle or Oxford, which I think I think even if they get Newcastle, I think they'll have a good chance of winning that one. Yeah. Uh, Leicester or Coventry uh, will play Birmingham, so that's quite a funny situation there. Coventry and Birmingham having a replay at the same crowd <laughs> for the the fans will be standing or sitting in opposite ends again, which is quite surreal really to think. I think this is, must be the first time this ever happened, but yeah. um, Northampton or Derby against Manchester United. So Wayne Rooney could uh, be up against his old club, depending yeah. if they can get past Northampton, uh, Southampton or Spurs against Norwich. Uh, so Saints, uh, I don't know. I think they might edge Tottenham in that one. Uh, and get, yeah. yeah. Um, and a really good draw for Portsmouth home to Arsenal, but we will go into that a little bit more later in our FA Cup feature. So, yeah, so that is all for part one. We'll be back in part two where we have a very small EFL review as there were hardly any games in the EFL. Seem to be all playing tonight instead. Uh, we'll have a look, uh, see how Yeovil got on at the weekend, uh, see how we all did in predictions this week. Uh, I've got some wonder to white, and we'll try and guess the teaser answer. So we'll be back in part two. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's podcast. We're going to go straight into the EFL review and straight into League Two. So Swindon remained top after a 3-0 win against Port Vale. Exeter in second could only manage a 0-0 draw with Colchester at home. Plymouth are third. They beat Stevenage by two goals to one. Crew are in fourth. They drew 2-2 with Scumdorp. Colchester fifth. Uh, Northampton the sixth. They didn't play. And seventh of Bradford who lost 3-0 to Mansfield. So Stevenage do remain bottom um, after their 2-1 defeat to Plymouth. And just above them in 23rd is Morecambe. They actually managed to draw with Cambridge. 
Um, there are a few games going on tonight. So Salford are winning 3-0. Carlisle 4-0 against Forest Green. Uh, Oldham are winning, beating Mansfield by three goals to nil. So Top Swindon are winning 1-0 against Colchester. And Exeter and Plymouth are both 1-1 in their games. Uh, so going on to the National League, uh, not a good weekend for Yeovil. Uh, they unfortunately went down to 1-0 defeat against Woking. Uh, so they remain in third, but are now six points off Barrow in first. You actually have two games in hand. So, yeah, it's, it's looking less and less likely for the automatic promotion place for Yeovil. Although Barrow are 0-0 against Solihull tonight. So we'll have to see how that one ends. So the FA Cup feature... Uh, so obviously this this year we've been following 18 right from the start Um, so we've picked up a team if they win we carry on with them if they lose we then take on the opponents they lost to so we're still with Portsmouth Um, so Portsmouth has been our longest running team that we've stuck with as they just keep winning Uh, so congratulations to them as they progress through to the next round they beat Barnsley in probably one of the most eventful games in the weekend they won 4-2 so uh, congratulations to them, and they've set up a nice tie, Liam, against Arsenal. Yeah, which, it'll be a good game. Which is good news for Rich, as Rich is a right. Tottenham fan. So if Arsenal win, uh, we will be taking on Arsenal as our team. So uh, this is already bad enough for him because he obviously lives in Southampton and he's cheering on Portsmouth. So uh, yeah, yes. I was thinking, I was praying for this to come up. To be honest. <laughs> I was just hoping that Arsenal were going to be our team at some point. So, yes. yeah, really happy. So, through gritted teeth, he, uh, he may have to cheer Arsenal on. Um, so, predictions, Liam. Uh, yeah. We are going to test you. You are in for a random drug test this um, <laughs> um, after absolutely annihilating the competition yet again. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, in third place was uh, Laura. She got 12 points. Uh, I had 22, and Liam got a huge score of 36. So you weren't far off my highest score, Liam. If uh, you know, if you would have gone two one points, I think 42 is is the highest. Um, Another so correct score would have done it. Yeah, so you were a bit far off with the pots of bounds. when you put one all for that one, and the only other one you drop you drop points on Leicester as well and Chelsea. Um, so yeah but you had the correct the only one you actually did get right was the Portsmouth one yeah yeah I did I did quite well this week you know, your yeah. scores are going up and up and up uh, which is good so hopefully next week you don't get as much <laughs> so uh, next week uh, doing the predictions which will be out uh, sometime this week is Greg uh, so some of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while will remember Greg he's done a few episodes for us Back in season one, so he's back doing predictions. So here we go. Wonders of White, Liam. I know this is your favourite favourite moment. I mean, there's a few FA Cup ones in here. Uh, so uh, first one is uh, Mr. Jason Cummins uh, is the first substitute to score an FA Cup brace against a top flight opposition whilst playing for a lower league club. The last time that happened was in 2011 and was Nick Barnby when he scored two goals for Hull against Wigan. Wow. So, well, that's a flash from the past. I didn't even realise he was still playing in 2011. Yeah. 
so this is the first time since 1892 that Manchester United have had six different goal scorers in a single game. Wow. Ashley Young is the first English player to play for Inter Milan since Paul Lintz in 1997. Oh. And Neymar is the first player to score at least 46 goals in his first 50 Liga 1 matches. And that is a record. He has beat the record, which has held since 1952. Well, I mean, that, that league, though, to be fair, he's not got much competition. Well, to be fair, to be fair, it should be scoring more than... Yeah. He, he should have better than that. And Mbappe, I don't think Mbappe is that far behind him, to be fair. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, this week's teaser, Liam. Now, yeah. we did have a slight discussion... Uh, when we went for a break earlier. Um, we think we might have nailed this one. Um, but I've got one name, and I believe you've got a couple of names as well that you think might be... I have two I... potential names. So if I if I tell you one name and you tell me if it is within your two names that you have in front of you. So the only player that I can think that has played for both clubs in the last sort of 20 years... Is John Arnarisa? Is he, he on your list? He is on my list. Right. Okay. Yeah, he was my first choice. The only other player that I could think of was Danny Murphy. Ooh. But I think Danny Murphy. I think he played for Liverpool before two thousand and one. I think I remember him there being in the late nineties. Did he play? Did he play that many games for Liverpool over three? I suppose forty-eight. I don't know. He must have left about two thousand and eight. He was there a while, but I personally the only, go with Risa. Yeah, the only thing for Risa is that he he didn't sign for Fulham straight away, did he? And I don't know how old he would have been when he left Liverpool. Did he play a hundred games? Yeah, that was the only thing I was thinking. Was he only there a year or two? He was definitely there. Right. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy to go for Risa because he was the only one that I got, and he was in your list. So, I I think that's about the right time frame, and I think 30 goals because he did used to smack in a few free kicks, didn't he? So let me just get his Wikipedia up. Uh huh. Yes. We were right. So, nice. yep, it was John Arnold Reese between 2001 and 2008 for Liverpool. Uh, so I was right. He didn't sign for Liverpool. He actually spent three seasons at Roma before he moved to Fulham for three seasons. Oh, I didn't know it was that long. Um, yeah. And he did actually score a single goal for Fulham, according to this. Oh. In the league, anyway. Yeah. Fulham weren't great around that time, I seem to remember. That must have been about the time they got relegated. He only, he only retired from football literally like a season ago. Really? He must yeah. have been quite old then. So he, uh, so after Fulham, he played for Applewell for a season. Uh, then he played for Delhi Dynamos in, in the Indian Super League. And then he moved to Norway and played for Alausens. Then he moved to Chennaian FC, which is another Indian team. And then he retired playing for a club in Norway called Rollon. So, oh, wow. So he's, he's still been around, to be fair to him. 
He must have been very young when he signed for Liverpool then. I didn't realise that. He's actually, he's a sporting director for the Dirakakaria, which is uh, in Malta. So he's actually the sporting director for a team in Malta at the moment. Wow. Man of many talents. He must be one of the, for Norway, he must be one of the highest international. He must be. He's played over a hundred. He played for a hundred over a hundred games for Norway, so he must be up there with their record appearance. Um, yeah, people have thought. Yeah. yeah, so it um, another half point for us. Yeah, yeah. So he, I think he did go a bit easy on us this week actually, because for the first time in God knows how long, I actually looked at at the um, when I heard it and thought. Yeah, I actually know who that might be. So, yeah, uh, yeah he is Norway's highest appearance maker. Um, Heddingberg is third. John Carew, you remember him? The He's Villa fifth. Legend. Yeah, fifth. So he he played ninety one games for John Carew. Played ninety one games for. He's their fourth all-time top scorer as well for, for He was a good player for us, to be fair. There were times when he looked like Bambi on ice, but there were also other times when Villa were playing well. It was normally because he was playing well. He did have a great scoring record for, for Norway. He had 24 goals in 91 games. Yeah, one in, uh, one in four. Yeah, I suppose so. For someone whose record was so good at club level, I think that's... But no, I suppose Norway aren't a great team. I don't, I don't know how it works. In the, in the no, no they've got a fairly decent side at the moment. They've got Nyland, never heard of him. No, he's <laughs> the game tonight. Yeah. Uh, they've got a few players for Genk as well. Genk have got a few players. Uh, Matt Smaller-Dali, Sander Berg. Which yeah. we know very well, yeah, <laughs> uh, and obviously uh, Holland as well. So uh, of course, of course, yeah. I he was so he will probably he will probably be breaking all the records. I would have thought for Norway uh, at such a young age, such a good talent as well. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, yep. Yeah, so uh, the the half point goes to us this week for the uh, for the teaser. So uh, anything else you want to add this week? No, I think I'm all right. We've got about 20 minutes left in the Villa game. We're still clinging on at 1-0. So uh, hopefully when uh, I do this next week, we'll be in the League Cup final. You'll have your Aston Villa um, Carabao Cup final uh, shirt all printed and ready. Uh, I'll let you get on and and watch that game because... not often. Well, you've been to what was it? You've been to Wembley in the last five seasons or something, isn't it? So yeah, five uh, out of the last five seasons. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah. well, this will be the fifth. So as if we hold on, long way to go. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's it for this week. So uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>